So I know you're not big into D&D, but I love it. And sometimes in between D&D sessions, I just really miss that feel of playing D&D. So do you know what I've been doing? What have you been doing? I have been listening to this awesome podcast called End Game Content, where they go through and they play games on their podcast and you get to join their adventure with them and laugh with them. And, and it really helps to have that craving filled in between D&D sessions. Do you also feel like you find out new strategies and other ways to help play your D&D game? Oh, yes, definitely. They have all sorts of cool ideas going on. Awesome. Well, I know I listened to one of their mini songs and they are definitely funny. If you guys like us and like our weird, crude humor, you guys will definitely like Endgame content as well. Check them out wherever you guys get your podcast. They also have a Twitch as well. So check them out on Twitch as well. That is Endgame content. So you know when you just have that problem of you have no idea of what to give something to someone? All the time. I love giving gifts, but sometimes it's so hard because, you know, people already seem to have everything. Exactly. Well, the Wooden Puzzles Uni Dragon actually solves this problem for you. So, Uni Dragon, I actually have two of my own of these puzzles, and they are awesome. So, they are wooden puzzles. Each puzzle piece has its own unique shape, like a dragon or a butterfly or uh, a wolf or whatever, and you connect them all together. I mean, this is a great puzzle for adults and for children, and it's all packed in a premium wooden gift box as well. So you don't have to worry about uh, wrapping it up or anything. It is perfect just the way it is. I absolutely love them. Like I said, I have two of my own already um, and I'm excited to get more. I'm hoping I can get a big one and uh, do this with my family. I mean, what a wonderful also like family gift. Well, right now until October 31st, they are allowing our listeners to get 10% off with code crime 10 use promo code crime 10 at checkout and you guys can save 10% off these beautiful amazing puzzles all right so we're just gonna get right to it this time yay yay so yeah, because we're on a time crunch here. But guys, I just want to announce real quick, real quick. If you guys don't already know, you can get our Patreon. That's normally $10. You can get it for a dollar right now. It's not going to last forever. So go ahead, check us out, get all the content and everything that you guys need. Plus Aubrey's working on an OJ thing. What's normally $10, you can get everything for a dollar right now. So check that out while you can. And we're just going to jump right into this one. Again, we've got another Robert Durst potential victim. Ooh, still on Robert Durst. Which one's this? Still on Robert Durst. And then I have one more and then that's it. Then, then I'm done okay. for now. This is Kirsten Modaffery. She was a good kid. I mean, she excelled. She was offered a four-year scholarship to the University of North Carolina. Yeah, she even graduated high school early to pursue her degree in industrial design. So she wanted to travel over the summer and she wanted to go to San Francisco. They had a photography class on that summer in Berkeley. And even one of her friends was going to go to that photography class too. Mm-hmm. Her parents are kind of, you know, overprotective over her. They don't want her to go. She's never been on her own. 
but she's 17. She will be 18 by the time that she wants to go. I mean, it's kind of like, well, she's 18. She can do what she wants. And, you know, she has to venture out on her own sooner or later. Mm -hmm. So she found a place in San Francisco that wasn't too expensive on Craigslist. Oh, nice. Craigslist was fairly new at this time, okay? So it wasn't all, don't go to Craigslist. Here was the one issue that was the landlord that also lived there of the house. Turns out the home was actually in foreclosure. Okay. The renters have been paying rent on the home. However, due to California housing laws, even if your home is in foreclosure, you have five months before you need to move. Okay. She was made aware of this. She was going to be staying in the house with four other roommates. And this is on 274 Jane Avenue. So it had five bedrooms and three bathrooms. And it was right by the Bay transportation system. All of her roommates were men, but Griffin was the main one that was talking to her and talked to her and talked to her parents, reassured her that, you know what, this is a safe neighborhood. And she didn't really care that the fact that they had to be out in five months because that time was going to pass by the time that she was going to get home because she was just going to run it out for uh, three months in the summer. Oh, okay. And it was $400 a month for the room and she was like you know what that's a great deal especially in san francisco mm-hmm. for a room and she's like honestly she's like i want to do as much sightseeing as i can i'm gonna get a job down there she's like so i just basically i just need somewhere to bunk at night you know yeah and her parents also had griffin's phone number they had a landline and so they felt okay about letting her go because mm-hmm. they talked to the guy and everything okay yeah all right so the reason why a room was open was Griffin's girlfriend, whose name is Jill, and him had recently broken up. Okay. She's not staying there anymore. Um, so that's why the room is open for right now. Okay, that makes sense. One of the other men that lived there named Justin Nieschler had recently rented the room just for the summer too. He basically just stuck to himself and would come and go. But so she flew out on June 1st, 1997, mm-hmm. which is her birthday. Oh, happy birthday. So she was technically 18 and she called her parents as soon as she got there. Like her roommates came and picked her up from the airport. She called her parents, let them know, hey, you know what? Everything's fine. I got here. Okay. Her photography class was on the 24th of June. So she wanted to do as much sightseeing. She went and downtown and she found a job Mm -hmm. at the Comfort Galleries Museum. And she also walked into a coffee shop called Spangley's. And they actually weren't even hiring at the time, but the boss really liked her personality and spunk. So hired her right on the spot. Oh, wow. So she worked these, she worked two jobs um, from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Okay. And then she would also sightsee. And her roommates said that most every night she stayed out till about midnight. Okay. So they're like, well, we barely saw her, basically. Like she said, it's just a room to crash. June 23rd, she told one of her coworkers that she might go to Baker's Beach that night. A pool party was going on there. She said she wasn't sure that she was going to go or not. She also okay. never clocked out of her shift. They are like, for sure, they're like, she left at 3 p.m. on the dot because she always does. Okay. So, however, though, her coworker said that they saw her 45 minutes later walking side by side with a blonde woman. Okay. And she was also spotted at Wells Fargo ATM alone. And that's it. That's it. She didn't come home that night. Roommates thought nothing of it of the first night because sometimes she didn't come home. They're like, well, maybe she's met a guy or something. Yeah. But the next day is her photography class and she never showed. 
Oh, okay. The friend who had the photography class with her noticed that she wasn't there. And she's mm-hmm. like, okay, that's really odd. Well, maybe she decided she wasn't going to go or something. They just kind of knew each other in high school. And then they were going to meet up and do the photography class together. So she ends up calling Kirsten's parents and be like, so do you know why like she never like showed up? And she first thought she offended Kristen in some way too. And that's why she didn't want to come and didn't want to talk to her or whatever. Her parents knew right away that something wasn't right. They haven't heard from her from Sunday and today is Tuesday, Mm -hmm. but they did hear from her on Sunday because that was Father's Day. Uh, So she called her dad and let her know happy Father's Day and everything. Since then, it's been silent. They called the house and they left a message. And then when Griffin got the message, he played it back and then he called them back and said that she hasn't been seen in three days. Oh, wow. Okay. The reason why they said that they didn't call them right away is because they said, well, you know what? We don't really know this girl. She's going to this photography class. She was supposed to be going there. And who knows if she went to work afterwards or she hung out and with a friend, like, we don't know. We don't really know her. Yeah. Which is fair because people are like, why didn't they call the uh, parents earlier and let them know what's going on? They're like, we don't really know this girl. Yeah. So they got on a plane there. Her parents did on the 27th and then they went to the police station. They told them the lead investigator had gone home for the weekend. So they're not going to even do a report until Monday. Oh, okay. They told her she'll just show up. Okay. So the parents were not taking that as a good answer. Like they put up flyers all over. They even immediately hired a private detector Mm -hmm. and they went through a room and they found a newspaper called the Bay Times. Mm -hmm. And there was this ad circled that said friends, females seeking female friends who enjoys music, photography, working out, walks, coffee, or simply the beach. If you're interested, call me. Yeah. It doesn't mean that maybe she did contact this person. Maybe she didn't. We we don't know. Like it, That was just an interesting find, though. The police finally decide, okay, we're going to take notice on June 30th, which has been eight days since she's been last seen. So, you know, when you just have that problem of you have no idea of what to give something to someone? All the time. I love giving gifts, but sometimes it's so hard because, you know, people already seem to have everything. Exactly. Well. The Wooden Puzzles Uni Dragon actually solves this problem for you. So, Uni Dragon, I actually have two of my own of these puzzles, and they are awesome. So, they are wooden puzzles. Each puzzle piece has its own unique shape, like a dragon or a butterfly or uh, a wolf or whatever. And you connect them all together. I mean, this is a great puzzle for adults and for children, and it's all packed in a premium wooden gift box as well so you don't have to worry about uh, wrapping it up or anything it is perfect just the way it is I absolutely love them like I said I have two of my own already um, and I'm excited to get more I'm hoping I can get a big one and uh, do this with my family I mean what a wonderful also like family gift well right now until October 31st they are allowing our listeners to get 10% off with code crime 10 use promo code crime 10 at checkout and you guys can save 10% off these beautiful amazing puzzles so once again I find myself trapped in well a podcast listening where I ended up listening through pretty much all of the podcasts one is called the military true crime addict 
This one takes people that were in the military. And there's this one where two people that were in the military cheats on the other one. And so then the girlfriend comes up with a plan that her boyfriend is to kill her and dispose of her body. And she also comments and says, I would do the same for you. So if I cheat on you, I would do the same for you. That's how you know I love you. I feel like a lot of times we don't hear about these things going on in the military. So it's kind of nice to get an insight on them. As we already know too, for the military, they already have a lot of psychological PTSD and all that that goes through with it. So if you guys want to check out Military True Crime, I'll go ahead and I'll link it down in the bio and have fun binging that one as well. This episode is brought to you by Best Fiends, the fun puzzle game that you can play whenever And you know what the best thing is, is that you can enjoy your summer doing it. I know that everyone's excited to be getting out this summer. I know I am. Got a membership to Lagoon, which is our theme park here, but I'm not excited about standing in the lines. That was until I got Best Fiends because now while I'm waiting, I can play Best Fiends. I just got this new character, Pop, the cutest character ever. And I am so excited to find more cute characters with their cool powers and soak up the sun at the same time. Well, I have been enjoying playing Best Fiends so much because I just reached level 80 and you're never going to guess what the name of level 80 is. The Game of Thorns. (laughs) That is awesome. I can't wait to get there. I love playing. My favorite character is also Pop. We've recently unlocked this ability that is fireworks and you get to shoot off like little firework things to help you clear and pass the levels and defeat the slugs. You should all go download Best Fiends for free on the Apple App Store or Google Play Store today. That's Best Fiends. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Okay. And she also had a check from the coffee shop, the Spangling's coffee shop that she never picked up that was $400. Oh, okay. There is no evidence that she ever responded to that ad, but the thing is, is they called that number and the phone number is disconnected. Okay. Which isn't suspicious at all, right? Mm-mm. No. Okay. So the roommate's saying Kirsten wasn't home Monday or Tuesday and they didn't call right away. Like I said, a lot of people think that's odd. They also claim they, they also claim though that they didn't talk to that classmate, but apparently the classmate had contacted like left them a voicemail but they didn't call the parents till wednesday also kirsten had been waiting on a library card to come so that she could do some studying at the library and it finally came after she went missing the roommates actually went card had to come yeah in the mail it's 1997 well i'm pretty sure in 1997 they still just gave me well i don't know she's a non-resident yeah i guess that's true i don't know weird sorry continue Anyway, the roommates opened up her mail, claiming that they were looking for clues of where she went, but then they taped it back and put it back in the mailbox. Okay. Obviously, they were concerned enough to go through her mail, but they weren't concerned enough to call her parents. So some people think that that's really weird. I don't, and I'll explain why later too. So she also withdraw $500 from her Rose Fargo account to give to Griffin on June 20th for July's rent. But he refused it, saying he needed a money order, even though that's how she paid him prior. She agreed and she said, all right, um, and agreed that she'd put the money back in her account and get a money order, but she never put the money back. Oh, okay. And remember, she actually withdrew more money the day that she was missing, even though she already had $500 out of her account. Oh, okay. Interesting. Right? 
Yeah. So that $500 wasn't found in her room or anything like that either when they did the search. Okay. So July 3rd, the local media staff got a call from a man saying that he knew what happened to Kirsten and he gave some very graphic details about what happened. Okay. He said that two lesbians from the YMCA came onto her. She turned them down and they got very violent and took her in the backseat of the car and threw her under a wooded area under the Golden Gate Bridge. The, the police tracked the car that the man claimed um, and found the two women that he was talking about. Okay. And both women confirmed where they were that night and they knew who made that call. They're like, his name is John Umna. Mm -hmm. Why would John Umna make up this crazy story? Well, he was furious with these two women because they got his girlfriend mm -hmm. fired from the YMCA. Okay. Yeah. And he has proceeded to physically threaten these women. They actually have protective orders against him. The police were not amused that this was a joke. He's like, it was just a joke to get back at them. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, it, no, like that's ridiculous. Like, so he got arrested on false claims just to throw that out there too. Okay. okay. So they did have police bloodhounds trace Kirsten's scent. Mm -hmm. So it went from the house to a bus stop. And then at the end of the bus stop, which is actually where Baker Beach is. And then it completely dies. Okay. Also, so like, remember Griffin said that this is a good neighborhood? Mm -hmm. Turns out that the house right next door is yeah. actually being used as halfway house. Oh, okay. And her parents and the police were unaware of. Okay. Okay. So the house that she was staying in yeah. in the 1960s was used as a hospital. It was closed down to, to licensing issues. In 1985, the house has been home of some terrifying things, such as a pit bull breeding site. Okay. Which was also found 100 liters of cat's blood, which they believe was to use to rile up the pit bulls. Okay. A Robert Slaughterhouse. It was also used as a meth lab. A non-legitimate restaurant, which was shut down after poisoning five people to death yeah. and selling drugs on the side. Okay. This house has also been used as a mental house. Oh my as, gosh. How do you even find someplace like that? Like, okay. It's also used as a program for youth with gender confusion. Oh, okay. <laughs> they also discovered that this house right then currently was also being used as a halfway house that was not licensed as well, which oh, this could not. explain why they didn't contact her parents or police right away, right? Yeah. Okay. So after they discovered all this crap, they obtained a search warrant and they found several ads circled in newspaper of men looking for women. Apparently, Griffin's girlfriend would lead these men to the house and Griffin would rape them. Ooh, okay. One of the men actually said that Griffin said the same thing will happen to you that happened to Christian if you don't keep quiet. Another man said that you'll meet the same fate as Kirsten when coming this forward and saying that Griffin raped them. Oh, oh, yeah. This story's insane. Okay. Also, as well as Griffin's ex-girlfriend's Jill's planner and journal. Okay. So they found that. They also, with that journal, the date Kirsten went missing and the day right after was ripped out. Okay. They also found the name Matthew Laquane in her journal. Okay. As well as Kelly Strapman, which both work at the coffee shop that Kirsten works at. Oh, okay. 
Also, so before Kirsten's disappearance, Jill broke up with Griffin, right? Yeah. Then she started dating Matthew Laquane, who okay. Kirsten is working with at the coffee shop. Yeah. Who actually gave Kirsten her job. Right. Okay. And then Jill broke up with Matthew shortly after that. Yeah. Uh, very shortly after that. Because, I mean, this is in a span of a month. Okay. Yeah. And then Jill is dating who? John Umna, which is the same girl that worked at the YMCA that got fired. Okay. And then Jill broke up with John saying that she feared for his, feared for his life because he tried to beat her and she left music equipment, claimed that she's too scared to go back for it. Okay. And then John relocates to Hawaii after Kirsten has disappeared. Okay. Okay. And then about a year later, Jill ends up calling her uncle starting to confess a lot of things, claiming she got involved with a man and convinced her to do stuff and this guilt was tearing her apart. Yeah. Her uncle actually started writing all these crazy things down because she would call him constantly and he was writing all of it down. Her uncle didn't want to get involved, but her aunt was like, you know what? We needed to do something. Mm -hmm. She Googled Jill Lampo's name and found a connection on findkirsten.com and reported everything to the website and police. Yeah. So Paul Darcy, the family's investigator in 2017, did another search of the crazy house, right? Yeah. They had cadaver dogs that have alerted to human remains in the basement. No. Yeah. They have reported this to police and police has never checked it out. Of course not. Because why would they do that? Why would they do that? So a forensic anthropologist from Tennessee also made a device that can detect human decomposition chemicals in the air particles. Mm -hmm. They found a match for human decomposition, indicating that the crime might, a crime scene might've been committed there, but it wasn't enough to actually indicate that there was a burial site there. Okay. So this has all been reported to the police department. Months later, the police make a statement and say they never got any of this information and it can't be verified by the department. But here's the thing. All that they need to do is take some soil with the supplements with any forensic team should have, and they should be able to test whether or not there has been human remains there. But they have not done that. Why? I don't know. Okay. So here we get into Robert Durst theories. Okay. okay. So Robert Durst was living in the area. He lived very close to Karen. He lived very close to Kirsten. So they are very, very close together, right? So it is believed too that Durst have dressed up as that blonde woman that seen, that she was seen with mm -hmm. and walking side by side with. And it was actually Durst. This is all speculation. But it is also speculation that if it was Robert Durst, that he got in with the police department and mm -hmm. has made them just not do anything about this case jeez okay that he's the reason why they're not doing anything yeah so that's one theory that's where he comes into play but i mean there's just so many crazy stuff i don't even know where to go with this okay so some people think she drowned she did tell co-workers she was going to bigger beach forensic dogs did trace her to the back of the end of the beach and that was it okay but I don't know. For me, it's like, yeah, they traced her there, but were they just tracing the bus? Were they tracing the bus line? I don't know that. Yeah. Like, were they just on the bus? So they went to the end of the line? I don't know. Or did they actually, I don't know that part. So I'm not sure on that, you know? Yeah. Okay. 
Also, I mean, her roommates are persons of interest. They have been throughout this whole time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be really bizarre to be thrown in the middle of this on someone that you barely hardly know. I also think that the history of the house isn't suspicious as to why they didn't contact police or her parents, especially yeah. if they are running this halfway house and they're not supposed to be. I mean, human remains did hit at the house, but I mean, shit, there's been a lot of stuff going on in this house. Does that mean it's Kirsten? No. Doesn't mean it's not? No. Okay. So the house right next door was also a juvenile halfway house. So who's also to say that they didn't see her? She had a very strict schedule. Like she'd go to work and then home around 11, 12, same time every day. So it'd be very easy for someone to pick up her routine, come on to her. She deny it. And then they kill her. Yeah. Here's another one. Some also think that a man named Paul Flores might have a connection. He just actually got arrested on Kirsten's smart case. Yes. Ruben Flores had been charged with being an accessory, which is his father. Okay. So there had been multiple women who claimed that these two touch people inappropriately. They've raped them. They even have nicknames around town as Chester the Molester and Psycho Paul. Okay. okay. Paul Flores was the last seen with Smart on May 25th, 1996 at the California State University. They were both freshmen. Prosecutors are claiming that he killed Smart. He was trying to rape her. And after walking home from a party while she was in- intoxicated and ended up killing her. So it's also a theory that, well, they were around the same age. So maybe Kirsten and Kirsten got attacked by Paul. So there's an- another theory on that as well. Yeah. All honestly, too, she could be taken by aliens. Maybe. One thing that I don't see thrown out here a lot is the fact that honestly, okay, I know we say this a lot, like uh, it's always a theory, but running away with taking that much money, she had over a thousand dollars on her. Yeah. She talked about wanting an adventure and starting a new life and everything. Who's to say that she didn't run away? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But at the same time, she was very in touch with her family and she called them all the time. And so it doesn't, I don't think she ran away. I think something sketchy went down for sure. Yeah. I mean, she was in a sketchy area. She, but there's so many weird possibilities that could have happened. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, all right. I know we're running low on time, but wait, do you, what is your best guesstimate? Just that she got into something bad. Okay. I think something very, very bad happened and something outside. She was hanging out in sketchy areas. Don't do that, people. Why do people always do that? Hang around sketchy areas, man. That's not cool. No, I agree. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is she didn't know, though. I mean, that's why she called and asked them. You know what I mean? Like she'd never been there before. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of why she did. But anyone honestly could have been watching her every move. She had pretty strict schedule. Anyone could have taken her. I don't know if I buy the Robert Dursting on this one. I don't yeah. know. I don't feel like there's enough evidence on Robert Durst on this one. And the thing is, is I don't think it gets said a lot to Jill. Like, what the fuck? Like, she is in this. I mean, she was her ex girlfriend, and then she was the girlfriend of the guy that she worked with at and then she was also John Anuba's girlfriend what come on 
obviously she knows something she knows something and the fact that she went on this thing where she just spilled her guts out she knows something um so i I definitely uh, yeah she knows i don't think that she just walked away i think something terrible happened to her and i think jill is the key to this just gonna say that that's what i think i agree so guys uh theories thoughts anything Please let us know. You can find us on Patreon. Again, you can get that for a dollar this month. Features and everything for a dollar. And then uh, find us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. You can email us, crimetheoriespodcast at gmail.com. And as always, guys, just keep fucking going.